What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Before you mash that fast forward button to move to the beginning of today's episode, I'd like to quickly tell you about some ways you can support the show and everything that I'm doing right now. You can support the show on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash Chase Thomas Writer. Again, just go on over to patreon.com slash Chase Thomas Writer. Become a patron for as little as $5 a month. Or you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and review. It's incredibly important with the way iTunes works. So if you have a second, please leave a rating and or review and subscribe on iTunes. Uh, you can listen to the show on Spotify, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, Google Play, and wherever else you get your podcasts. You can check out chasethomaspodcast.com. That is on my previous episode, a link to my newsletter, and all my articles that I've written. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter at Chase double underscore Thomas. You can like the Facebook page at facebook.com slash Chase Thomas writer, or you can just tell a friend you found this independent sports podcast that they should check out too. Thank you for listening. You're all the best. And I think we've reached the point in this intro where my uncle Darren can play me in. All right, let's go. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate, I already hate it. I hate it. All right, Chris Illuminati is here. It's a rainy Thursday night here in Atlanta, and I am way too excited to talk about professional wrestling tonight. Chris, can we please talk about 205 Live first? And that is a sentence I never thought I would ever say on a podcast, ever. Yeah, especially talking to the guy that wrote an article about it. It kind of must be two years now. I wrote an article for Rolling Stone saying how I, I thought WWE was going to kill it just from the beginning. But yet here what? we are. <laughs> I think it was on the verge uh, earlier this year of getting killed. And I still think there are, are real problems. Like basically the entire arena is darkened for these matches, mm. which I'm sure is because it's uh, pretty empty after SmackDown because they still tape at a terrible time mm. right after SmackDown live. I can't believe they're still doing that, but I, I mean, it's progress. Not everything can be changed overnight. So with triple H in charge, I'm pretty certain that he's aware that this is not a good strategy to put this on after SmackDown, especially, I, I, that's just my thoughts, but um, the show's good. Like, I'm not going to say it's the best show on a week-to-week basis, but as of right now, there's just something to be said about a nice hour-long wrestling show where you get two really good matches every week, no matter what, and like you even got a good promo segment, like smash in the middle there tonight. Or I watched it today, so I'm saying tonight. But um, yeah, I just two of our live just works right now. Yeah, I I like it. Um... It reminds me of the old WWE shows, the hour longs, like the shotgun Saturday nights and that kind of thing, except it's it it does its own storyline. It doesn't have to worry about following the seven other storylines from the seven other shows. So you, you don't have to worry about that part of, uh, yeah. of it. I, I do agree with that. And I and I said this from the beginning, like I, I, I understand the logistics of it and how the guys can only be in so many places and they uh, they record these things after SmackDown. But I can't imagine any crowd like wants to stick around or be up after they just saw a main event and two plus hours of wrestling 
and you know people have to leave and then they're like no 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 stick around like watch these guys are good too you should probably stay <laughs> like i don't know why it just doesn't start like this should be the curtain jerker this should be the way they kick off smackdown or the- you would think I, I because it makes sense like it's cruiserweight it's supposed to be high flying fun it gets the crowd amped up for the rest of the show like that's i i don't get it at all i yeah. really don't I don't, I don't either. It, it used to be, the, remember, that, that was the way they used to kick off the Nitros. Like, the beginning of Nitros, yeah. the first couple matches were always the Cruiserweights. And it was, all, you know, well, a 20-minute NWO uh, <laughs> uh, speech, and then the Cruiserweights. But, mm-hmm. you know, that, that's the way, I, I don't get it. But I do, I do like the show. I like anything, I like a lot of the WWE stuff that doesn't have to do with, like, Raw and SmackDown and all that kind of stuff. I like wrestling where it's own, its own little, it's its own little world. Onto itself. Yeah, it's I like know velocity, this... but good. Right, exactly. Velocity. That was another one. But, but like, I like when it's its own. I, I know it does sometimes dip into the other shows, but I'm. I, it's just its own little thing, and it can like live and breathe, and you know, be its own thing. Yeah, and it works right now. It hasn't. They haven't been on Raw lately, have they? Unless I'm missing it, they've only had a match here and there uh, since the tournament started and everything else. It seems like I think Cedric. Was that, did they have a tag team match on Raw this week? I don't even remember. I, I, remember that. I think together. that's something quick. I think the reason why is because, you know, with WrestleMania and the Ronda Rousey stuff taking up a lot of time. And imagine that they don't have enough time on a three-hour show to get yeah. everything. Well, I mean, the way Raw is breaking up their hours, like every show like has an hour defined by one specific either character or storyline, basically. Mm-hmm. And like Braun gets an hour, Miz gets a headlining hour and Roman Reigns slash Brock Lesnar get an hour. And then Cena coming back and trying to call it the undertaker. We'll get to that later, but that's just kind of the way these shows are. It's all like, I don't remember who I heard say this originally, but I agreed with it, which was like, WWE is shooting these episodes in a way where it like is easily transferable to YouTube. Yes. Where like segment by segment and it all just like, you don't have to watch the show in real time. So you can watch those five minute clips and just that's, that's what it feels like. Yes. Um, so yeah, it's just like flow is always going to be a problem because they just, you can just tell, Oh, this is this hour who's coming out. Bron- okay. This is what they're doing. This is like, it's just, it's very formulaic. It doesn't feel like this narrative structure where if you see Roman Reigns open the show, there is no guarantees you're going to see him for the rest of the show. And like if AJ Styles comes out at the beginning, you may never see him again. Like that's not how it used to be. There used to be like, oh, they might come back out or they might get have a match later or they might. But like they're getting through segment by segment. This is when you're going to see this person and they're gone. Yes, I, I agree. I mean, do you remember, you know, uh, the the heyday of Raw with like Stone Cold, like you could see him six, seven times in the show. Yeah. You never knew when he was going to pop back up to do something. But yeah, but now it's almost like, yeah, you're right. It's like, oh, there's Roman Reigns. Now you don't have to, <laughs> and you don't have to worry about him anymore. He won't come out, you know, but I guess. Yeah. Lesnar's not coming out. I, it's amazing that, especially when you only get him a certain amount of dates, they don't use him more often. Like once he's there, like put him in three or four different segments. Like even if they're just like backstage stuff where he's walking around and people are just like, I, I, I don't know. I mean, there's stuff you could do with Lesnar outside oh, of just coming out and Paul Heyman doing the same shtick week after week for him like there's other ways of like using brock lesnar i feel like but um yeah that's just the way it works there but in 205 lies case i i'm glad the tournament's over because it was um it, it started off really fun and i mean we got some good surprises like buddy murphy and mark andrews and stuff like that but those two guys I was blown away. Like this week on 205 Live was my favorite I've seen thus far. Like overall, 
Mm-hmm. It was perfect. Like you had the first segment, which was Mark Andrews and um, I'm already, oh, uh, Tony Nese. Mm-hmm. It started off super slow. They were doing rest holds and all this stuff. And I was nervous because I was like, this crowd, this is not how you want to start off a show like this. But they gave them like 20 minutes yeah. and they eventually got the crowd on their side and they got them out of their seats. And like Mark Andrews got the win and it was just, it was good. Mm-hmm. And I was just, I, I like Mark Andrews a lot. And um, I think he has a lot of long-term potential. He's super young. I think he's only like 26. And I think he's really close to Pete Dunn, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. And uh, another guy who I don't really understand why he's not on 205 Live at this point, but maybe there's still time for that. I mean, his name is his nickname is Lily the Bruiserweight, so I'm not really right. certain why he's not on this show yet. But uh, like I said, it's baby steps. And then Buddy Murphy, he might be the star of this program. Like, we're getting Mustafa Ali versus Cedric at WrestleMania, which is going to be great. Uh-huh. But Buddy Murphy, man, like this dude, I, I love his finisher. He might have my favorite finisher now in the company. Like Murphy's Law, like it looks legit. And just his corkscrew plunge that he pulled off. And like, he's just so big. And he's, it kind of reminds me of Drew Galloway in a sense where like Galloway is able to do things with this body and frame that he should not be able to do. Murphy's the same way, but on a more extreme level where he is just so talented. He's a high flyer, but he also is just, he's so quick and his movements are so clean. It's just like, he's so polished and it all works. And he looks great next to these guys like TJP and, um, Kalisto and Akira Tozawa. Like the story they told in that fatal four, like they got getting a, this is awesome chant at two Oh five live consistently is almost impossible to pull off from all 10 people in the crowd. (laughs) Yeah. Right. And they got it like that fatal four way match. It might've been my favorite match of the week. It was so good. Which maybe that brings us to the point of maybe they don't do this before SmackDown because people will be so lit up after it that they're like, oh, so I'm, what am I going to sit here and watch the 10-minute the interview that starts the show now? You know what I mean? It kind of gets yeah. down. Like maybe that's the reason they don't do it. Can you imagine if you'd started that way? Like this Fatal 4-Way match kicks off 205 Live and then they like go to Daniel Bryan's like entrance music? Mm-hmm. That's how you would want to kick off the show. Right, yeah. I just, I don't get it. Yeah, but it, it's something uh, something you touched on. Like, I, I like all these guys, too. What I like about them is all of them interest me in a different way as opposed to, like, Raw or SmackDown where I'm like, ah, I don't care about this guy. I don't care about this storyline. Like, all these guys at least will make me stick around. What, what do you think um, – would this be the same 205 Live if Enzo was still around? Ooh. Like, what would have so, happened? Um – I think Enzo would be managing somebody. I don't think he'd be wrestling anymore. Okay. So I think Triple H would have been like, all right, we're getting this guy out of the ring and it's just embarrassing and he gets everybody hurt and he's not a good wrestler, but he can talk. So there's some value there. Maybe you'd have him feuding with Drake Maverick on the mic more. I could see that. Make um, GM maybe. Yeah. Like I I could see something like that. I, I w- that would be my first thought was I don't think he'd be in the ring anymore. Yeah, because when he went over, I was kind of like, oh, God, that's... Because it just made the rest of them look so bad. Like, it made Cedric look bad. Like, these guys, it just... It didn't work. And this is someone who... I I mean, I'm still... This is... How can I phrase this? Um, Enzo is still an extremely talented talker. And those guys who are that good on the mic are very, very hard to find. Mm -hmm. Like, we only see those guys every now and then come across professional wrestling. Mm -hmm. Like, when you live that gimmick, though... I can understand why he rubbed a bunch of people the wrong way and 
I would be annoyed with this guy too if I was spending my days with him on the bus. Like mm. he seems like an annoying human being. Yeah. And also potentially bad. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. But from an in-ring promo standpoint, like he is still one of the best. So like there's value somewhere. And I think um, with what Vince likes, I, I still saw like big things for him, but it just, it, it was tough because he's just such a bad wrestler. And in today's just kind of wrestling world, what works is great wrestling. That's why NXT is so popular. That's why SmackDown originally was. And um, like, it's just, if you're not a good wrestler, it's really hard to survive at this point because everybody's a really good wrestler at this point. Well, everybody it's because WWE finally starts bringing in actual wrestlers and it's not about developing some guy that's six foot 10 and, you know, a giant. And you can just add him. His name's big Cass. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I, I i like big cast i don't know you know i have no- do you that's not true nobody likes big cast i i kind of do I- what do you like about big cast i i'm ready what? give me like what's the appeal or the long-term maybe, appeal maybe it was the two of them that i liked together because mm-hmm. like the both of them if you were just like well if he could talk or he was that guy's size he would be the perfect wrestler or like a great wrestler but i kind of just like I, I don't know. Like <laughs> he, he reminds me of the old, the, the older, like the, I'm, I'm really going to date myself here. The older, like Barry Windham, Dan Spivey type guys where they're just, like, oh, wow. they win just cause they're big. Like they're not the best wrestler. They're not the best performer. They're just big. And he's gotten away from that. Like who were the last ones? They did that a lot in the mid 2000s. Like the, they tried with Snitsky, Vladimir Kozlov. They go through that phase and then they always end up being comedy acts. Well, Braun, like, what about Braun though? Braun was a little bit different. Cause he like burst on as like a, like it, it's amazing. His change in trajectory, because I would have never expected Braun to get to where he is now. When he first debuted, I remember sighing watching raw when he debuted. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, this is another Vince guy. He just saw him walk into him. It's like, we got to push this guy to the moon and he's going to be dancing with Santino a year later. Like it yeah. was just one of those things where I was super down on him, but things changed. And he got like, if you look at those old pictures of him, like that first year, he just, he's so much more cut. He's so much better overall it's just he's improved a lot and that's he deserves a lot of credit for that because that was a lot of individual stuff that he worked on and he made the change a lot of those guys don't adapt or don't figure out a way to make this all work and um braun is an interesting test case but i think those kind of guys happen um far less often in day than uh the snitskis and the kozlovs and everything else i think that's still the what's usually going to happen to these big guys like, like Lars Sullivan guaranteed jobber five years from now in the WWE. Okay. Once he gets called up, I'm super low on that guy. <laughs> well, what helped Braun was they went the old school approach and he crushed, you know, jobbers for two months mm-hmm. and that's what made it. So he wasn't doing it at the taking liberties with anybody else in the company, ruining anybody else. He was just like taking these local guys. And then even the local guys kind of became something like Ellsworth so it was like two months of, all right, look at this dude beat the shit out of people, you know, wrestlers. And that's what helped build him up. And mm-hmm. they did the old way, which they used to do, you know, back in the day when they had the uh, WWE superstars where you watched a guy kill people for two months and then he wrestled Hulk Hogan. <laughs> you know, so yeah. they went the old school approach to that. They can't do that too many times, but that definitely helped get him over. And then beating up Roman Reigns. 
to the point where everyone just loved him <laughs> for the, the the ambulance attacks and everything like that. That helped too. It did, and I, I'm still like, uh, this is a I, I've <laughs> the Braun stuff's really fascinating because I think I'm on a different end with him than a lot of other people because obviously he's still over. The music is great. It's cool when he flips heavy things. Mm -hmm. However, he has a ceiling on Raw, and that's always been my point is that he loses these big-time feuds because they don't want to put the title on him. Like, he lost that feud to Roman. He's lost big matches. Like, Mm -hmm. he hasn't won a title yet, and he's not going to win a title on Raw this year. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just not going to happen. They're not having Roman Reigns go over Lesnar at WrestleMania this year and then losing that belt anytime soon. Mm -hmm. Like, he's never won the Universal title. He's going to get a long reign. Like, it makes no sense for him not to. Mm Mm-hmm. So then what happens with Braun? Like, he can't keep... Like, eventually, it's the Dolph Ziggler problem where it's like, if you get put in a position, like a high-ranking position, and you keep coming up short, certain amount of time will pass where fans are just like, it's never going to happen for this guy. So then they become indifferent. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that's going to happen to Braun because he's just never going to be in a position where... It, a lot of it's just timing, unfortunately, that he's just not going to get an opportunity to run with the belt. I could see him running with the Intercontinental or something, but I don't think he's getting the big one anytime soon, unless he moves to SmackDown. But even still, like, I I, I would have my doubts there. I, I don't know. I think he is, he's reached his ceiling, and it's unfortunate, but he doesn't have a, a an avenue to really get to that next level. But we'll see. Well, but with a guy like Braun, I, I put him, he has the potential of being in the category of a guy who doesn't really need a belt. He's, he could get to that category. Like, did The Undertaker really ever need a belt? Did Andre the Giant ever really need a belt? Like, there's these guys who don't, who are still, you know, like, when they come out, you're like, like uh, does, does Lesnar really need a belt? To Lesnar, I would say yes. You like, think- there's just something about him with the belt where it looks right. Because he looks like the biggest, baddest dude in the company. That right. like it, I, there is something with Lesnar where it, it makes sense. Like Cena got that point. I mean, there was just certain guys you looked at and you're like, oh, Randy Orton's the same way. Like when he walks around with the U.S. title now, you're like, why does that guy not always have a title on him? Like it, there's just certain guys just have. I think it's just a star thing where if they just appear as stars, like there's just something natural about them walking around with the belt. It's like the inverse where like. If Curtis Axel is walking around with the Universal title, you're like, eh, that doesn't look right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I just well, I I think a lot of it's it. just presentation. I wouldn't, I, not that I wouldn't mind Curtis Axel getting the belt, but I mean, like, I wouldn't mind switching up the people. But I just feel like Braun is one of those guys, I, he could turn into a guy who doesn't need a belt to be interesting for people to pop whenever he shows up. For, I don't think I, you always need the belt, but I think at some point you have to have it at least once or twice. Yeah, I think it just helps like having it. Solidify him or to kind of like yeah. quantify him as being a, the potential to always get it. But I just mm-hmm. don't think like 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 think of the legacy of The Undertaker. Did he ever really need a belt? Um, I it, think it helped his SmackDown coverage. Like I think it was important to always have him in – like he would work with Batista, Edge, and those guys when they were on top on SmackDown. And it just – when he did have the belt, I I was less interested, but I'm also not the, like the biggest Undertaker fan in the world. Mm-hmm. And ratings obviously weren't great when he was champion, but at the same time, I do think it's important. Like when, he, especially when he was American Badass Taker and all that. Yeah, kind of that stuff. that but, guy needed the belt. <laughs> yeah, and I just think a lot of it too. Um, I think the belt goes hand in hand with how over a person is. Mm-hmm. So if like if a guy is really getting over it 
like the only way to really capitalize on that is to put a belt on him and then like the crowd's going nuts the top guy but then you have the inverse where it's like Jinder Mahal getting no reactions and you just put the belt on him hoping that it will, it will result in them getting reactions mm-hmm. it's the opposite with Braun where Braun already has the reaction and now you capitalize on that by putting a belt on him like that's what you should be doing you don't put a belt on someone before the crowd's like ready to cheer them or ready to really boo them like it makes no sense if there's no crowd reaction and putting a belt on somebody because you're just you're screwing yourself and braun he i think it would have helped to put some sort of belt on him i really do you know you just described roman reigns right uh reigns <laughs> is a little bit different reigns is like this uh, i could ran on roman reigns all day but like <laughs> They still don't understand him. Like the Vince stuff a couple weeks ago was so bad and so unbelievable. Like if I have to watch one more person get arrested by fake breath, I just enough. You know, it's this is what really bothers me. I actually tweeted about this and no one said anything. There's nothing worse than sending out a tweet and no one responds to it. But this is what <laughs> this is one of the things that bothers me that happens a lot. Besides the 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 arresting thing, like I can't watch anybody else get quote unquote arrested on wrestling. Number one, mm-hmm. but number two, the this guy isn't supposed to be here tonight, yet he comes dressed fully to be there. Oh yeah, that's true. Like, like if you don't have to be at work, you don't put on work casual clothes. <laughs> like you hang out in sweatpants. Like you, so mm-hmm. you're telling me that Roman Reigns walks around to the mall in like a flak jacket and like or like his his big boots. You know, like so. Make me believe that he's quote unquote not supposed to be there by making him come out of the crowd in like jeans and a t-shirt. Like hmm. make it believable for me. But that that's besides the point. And then the arresting thing drives me nuts too. But those are just two things that little pet peeves that, that, that can really just put things over a little bit more if they just did little shortcuts like that. But anyway, so back to the title thing. So Rain- but yeah, no, like Reigns is just different because – he gets a reaction. It's still mostly negative, and it's never good when you're you're the guy who is supposed to be the top babyface on your show is getting a "you deserve it" chant as he's getting beaten up by Brock Lesnar <laughs> for the fourth time when he keeps coming back out. Like right. they are trying their best to make Lesnar the heel in the situation that he's the part timer. He doesn't care about the fans. There, a couple things. One, Brock Lesnar is always going to be naturally cool. Like, that's just unavoidable. Like, there is a reason that you had him be the one to beat The Undertaker a few years ago. And that is because this dude is an insane attraction still to this day. Like, he is a recognizable figure. He is still just, like, one of the craziest athletes this company's ever seen. It's always cool to see him F5 people. Mm-hmm. It just is. And to make him... It's just... I don't believe it. Like, I don't think you're ever going to turn, like, the 18 to 49 male demo against him. Like, it's just not going to happen. Right. And Reigns is just, he's not an anti-authority figure. And it's just like, don't, like, WWE knows that most wrestling fans are reading the dirt sheets now, right? Mm -hmm. So why are you trying to just pretend that the majority of the fan base is stuck in 1997 where they're not in the know of how Triple H and Vince McMahon feel about Roman Reigns and presenting him as this anti-authority figure? If there's one thing Reigns can't pull off, it's that he's an anti-authority figure that they don't like him and they don't want him to beat Lesnar and all this other stuff. Like that was never going to work. And I was still just dumbfounded that they would assume that presenting reigns at this point as a guy that 
the company didn't want to get behind and they would suspend and they would take away his opportunity to compete and all this other stuff. Like it, it's just baffling because rain. And I just feel bad for Reigns because Reigns is good. And that's where conversations get tricky because people are like, Oh, fans are ridiculous. Reigns isn't bad. He's actually good. And Reigns is like the third or fourth best wrestler in the company. Mm-hmm. Terrible talker. He's still bad. He doesn't have the charisma, I think, to be the top guy, but that's fine. It's just don't build your company around him. Like, just have him be one of your top five. Like, if he was not presented as, like, the guy and, like, the guy positioned to be the next John Cena, people would have never turned against him. But he'll never get, like, the Daniel Bryan pops. That's never going to happen for him. And um, even AJ Styles is always going to be a bigger babyface than Roman Reigns. Like, it just... It's never going to happen for him. But at the same time, they did this to him by putting him in this position year after year. Like the company to pretend that they don't want the guy who has headlined the last four WrestleManias <laughs> in the main event and that Vince doesn't like the guy he keeps putting in the main event of WrestleMania year after year. Yeah. It's just it's offensive. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah, I don't understand that either. I, I know and also too, I know that's the main event, but I in my heart don't consider it the main event. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know it is. I know it's going to be last. I I don't know if it's going to be last. You think AJ and no, that has no shot. That actually might kick off the show. Wait, so what do you think is going to be last? The Ronda Rousey thing? That is my number one pick to go last. Oh no, no, they can't. No, <laughs> no. Or John Cena, Undertaker. Uh. Mm, I'd go with. They are that. closing Raws with John Cena, Undertaker stuff. Yeah, they are building up like the last thing that people like they want people to remember before WrestleMania uh is Undertaker accepting John Cena's challenge. It would not surprise me at all if that goes on last. Do you do you realize how big this would be if Undertaker was still undefeated? Yeah. Wasn't there like an injury issue that prevented Cena and Taker from happening a few years ago? Wasn't it one of the years Cena wasn't it the year that he came out and. Uh, they were beating up Heath Slater or was it Eric Rowan or whatever, the Wyatt family and the rock segment at WrestleMania. Uh-huh. Wasn't that the year that it was rumored to be Cena versus Undertaker? And that was part of the reason it didn't happen then. Well, the first one was supposed to be the Texas one. When was Texas? Okay. Because Undertaker's hometown or Undertaker's home state. That was Texas was three years ago. No, two years ago. These all blend together. Yeah, I can't remember anymore. It's in New Orleans again. I was like, wasn't it in New Orleans like two years ago? How, yeah. I, um, I was at 31, which was um, California with San Jose. Okay. So that was 31. Yeah. We're on what, 34? Four, yeah. Four. So 30, was 30 New Orleans? I don't know. You know, I don't even remember anymore. Anyway, but yeah, there was the Texas one that was supposed to be. 30 was New Orleans, yes. Yeah. and. Texas was 32. 32. I think that one was supposed to be Taker, but I think Taker wasn't. I think Taker was still injured. Hmm. I think. That was the year that Triple H and Roman Reigns competed for the WWE title. Yeah. And wasn't that also. When was Taker Bray Wyatt? Or was that 31? I think that was 31. That was 31. Yeah. I was out with that one. Okay. That was another wait. But, But going back to it, imagine an undefeated. Um, Undertaker against a John Cena that's possibly, you know, slowly on the way out. Now, yeah. that would be huge. That would definitely then be the main event. Hmm. So you think you think AJ and Nakamura is going to kick it off? 
they're going to pick something on SmackDown to kick it off. And it's going to be one that gets the crowd excited. AJ kicked off WrestleMania last year. True. That's true. I don't know. That's just such, that's, you, you know, they did it with Del Rio edge and Christian a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Like they have a history of putting on the SmackDown, uh, matches first like it's going to be a smackdown match for sure i just don't know which one i i would assume it's going to be one of the bigger ones so either the usos match uh-huh. or styles will go first yeah. we'll, i can see the yeah. uso one doing it if they go pre-show i'm gonna just uh, um that just really sucks if they get bumped to the pre-show who gets bumped to the pre-show at this point <sighs> you never know who knows i i don't know who they can like it's complicated i don't think there's a good answer for that I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to look up uh, the entire card now. Just, I don't know. Just to, is I guess Andre the Giant Battle Royal would be my pick. That's like too plotting and slow to kick it off. You can't have two of those on the main card. I don't think. No, because those matches suck, and battle royals in general suck. And this is not. I hope that that sounds really marky, but like, I, if you can find me a good battle royal where it wasn't just a hodgepodge of nonsense and it was just a lot of inaction and people just kind of falling over ropes like the last few minutes of a battle royal are always good when it's down to a couple people that's when it gets fun yeah but it starts off with everybody in the ring that's what makes the royal rumble awesome is you're waiting and it's takes a while for it to fill up and then at the end you're like you had the shinsuke moment from this past year and you had the roman like that was great yeah that's why the royal rumble works and that's why battle royals are awful yeah and for whatever reason i still vividly remember the kurt angle winning the world heavyweight title on smackdown in a battle royal mm-hmm. good times yeah I, I was just gonna say uh i'm not crazy about battle royals but i do have a suggestion to kick off the show all right i'm ready um ms balor and rollins no why not well, one, Miz is the best. And he well, yes, no, to be on the main card. That. But not, not mm. our thinking. I'm talking about WWE thinking. Mm, I could... Mm. Oh, well. Oh, the bar. No, they won't do the mystery partner thing the first thing of the show. That's true. I forgot about the mystery thing. We can talk about that in a second. Um, I'm actually excited about the mystery thing, unless something happens that I hope doesn't happen. Can someone explain to me why he needs a partner? The entire appeal of this whole thing, when people were electric after he won by himself, mm-hmm. it, I don't think it's, it would be an, a burial for him to beat the bar by himself. Like, Braun has pre- been presented as this, like, super ridiculous freak of nature. Like, I don't think it'd be crazy for him to go. And also, it would be, inter- like, this is an entertainment business. What would be more entertaining for an hour on Raw each week of Braun Strowman carrying around both tag team titles and just right. taking on people? That would be fun. Uh-huh. I don't understand why he needs a partner. And if rumors are true that it's Mysterio, I'm going to... It's a waste of Mysterio, A. And B, I, I just don't... I, I don't like it. That would make zero sense. Like, I don't... I, that just... There's no connection. There. You know who I'm afraid it's going to be? Who? Bray Wyatt. Oh, God. That's what I'm afraid of. I don't think it's me, Bray. I... I just have. I think Bray's going to just show up in the Battle Royal and like there's going to be a Hardy thing. And I think Jeff Hardy's going to show up in the Battle Royal and we're going to get some like <sighs> stupid Brother Nero, Matt Hardy, Bray Wyatt stuff in the Battle Royal would be my guess. Maybe, but I'm just afraid they're going to bring him back or like a repackaged him or something. I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to see. I have a hot take for you. Go ahead. This one. Go ahead. Go for it. Charlotte Oscar should be on the pre-show. Oh, explain that. So that feud sucks. Sucks with um, Bliss and Nia Jax? 
Nia Jax and Bliss have been so much better. Um, I will say, Nia Jax screaming and crying was not great. <laughs> like, I don't like that at all. Uh, week after week, her just screaming at Alexa Bliss was just not good television at all and it's huh. not good for a character it makes her it, it, it's not a baby face thing mm-hmm. it's just weird mm-hmm. um alexa bliss is just so good on the mic and mickey james i talked about this last week so good as a heel yeah i love heel mickey james so much i missed it like she just doesn't really work as a baby face but her faces and every her just her body language just is so much better as a heel. It's kind of like Sami Zayn in a way where Sami, you didn't know you needed him as a heel until it happened. And you're like, oh yeah, this is so much more enjoyable on a week to week basis when he's dancing around and yeah. he's over the top. Being annoying. And just, <laughs> yeah, it works. It's the same with Mickey James, but um, Charlotte is uh, her backstage segment with Natalia a week ago. Mm-hmm. Awful. Her pro- in-ring promo with Asuka was this two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Her lines are just, she, A, gets really bad dialogue from whoever's writing it. So Road Dog, Ryan Ward, whoever it is, giving her awful lines to read off. She delivers it in the worst way. Like, I love Charlotte the Wrestler. Charlotte the Talker is a disaster. Mm-hmm. And I am not excited about this match at all. Um, I don't think, I don't know how the reaction's going to be. Because I think Asuka has to win anyway. But at the same time, I don't know. I, I I'm not sure. I just, I don't know whose people are going to cheer for. I don't think there's a lot of emotion built into this match. That's the biggest thing for me is like, I want the matches on the WrestleMania card that have been built well. Mm-hmm. That has not been a story that people are going to get attached to. And that's not something where I'm going to get emotionally invested in because it's been a really hollow feud and I'm just not interested. Mm-hmm. Overall though, I, I would think that for the first time in a long time, this WWE, this WrestleMania card is probably 70% matches that I am looking forward to. Okay. Like normally I'm maybe 50%, but this time around looking at it, I'm like, okay, that's, that's not bad. Okay. 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 Except for yeah. the Rhonda stuff that I could give two craps about. And Oh, I have some Rhonda takes. That's, <laughs> I wanted to close with those. I'm saving my Rhonda takes. We'll, we'll save the Rhonda takes, but I mean, uh, overall, even the, even the, uh, the fatal four way I'm kind of interested in. The U.S. title? Yes, the U.S. title, Fatal 4-Way, yeah. I'm interested in, only because I'm so interested, I'm so into Rusev, and I mean, who shouldn't be at this point? He's great, and I think SmackDown did a great job of making me far more interested in that feud uh-huh. uh, this past week. Like, they did a great job. I will admit, Jinder Mahal, his comedy stuff's gotten better. Yeah. He's improving. I hate yeah. to say it, he's improving. Yeah, and I kind of feel bad for the guy because, I mean, he was brought in for one reason only because of, you know, the, the title and, the, you know, the, the where the WWE Network was going and that kind of stuff. But I don't feel bad for him. He got a great right, push and did bad. nothing with it. He got something that most people would kill, like would kill for that opportunity for an entire summer. Uh, well, so, no, I don't feel bad for Jinder Mahal. I, I feel bad for the fact that, like, after – the title reign, he's still Jinder Mahal. <laughs> like, you go back and, you know, all I could think of is 3MB. That's that's still what I think of every time he comes out. I don't know why. Like, I, See, I don't think about that anymore with him. I think it, maybe it's because Drew Galloway is so good, but also seeing him team with Rusev, they both came off as, like, just in a better spot because, remember, they were tag-teaming together last yeah, year. Yeah, they, that's what catapulted him. That's what started it all. And I think they're both in a much better place. They both 
improved a lot over the last year. Um, I don't know. I think it was better, and I think this Fatal Four Way match might actually be pretty interesting. Yeah, I'm 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 into it. I'm as I said, I'm into most of the matches except <laughs> the biggest one or the. So Rusev you know, has to win that, right? Like he should win. Yeah, I mean, if not Rusev, back to Bobby Roode. I mean, no, 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 no. Why not? Bobby Roode as a babyface is not working. He's a babyface. Wanna... I mean, they could you know do something along the uh, I don't know like a. He's just not over. No, that's true, but I don't know. That's my rule, man. If you're not over, you don't get a title. But yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's a good rule. Uh, it's not always the rule they go by because Roman. Oh, but we're doing Roman's going to win it, do. and he's not over. Yeah, Roman's going to Roman's probably going to walk out with it. He's not over at all. Oh no, no, there's no probably. We don't have to say probably about Roman Reigns getting the title. <laughs> that is a thing that is happening. You never know. I mean, could they pull? No, some, you know. Uh, Unless Roman Reigns fit like the steroid allegation, like it's proven the week of. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I, I think he's walking out with the title. Th- this is okay. So this is what I'm going to go with on this. A long time ago. I was listening to who I can't stand now, but I, I was listening to the Colin Cowherd show. You tweeted at him. Yes, I did. New, that, that was that was always fun. New wrestling fan, Colin Cowherd. Yes, I was hoping that he would respond, but I knew he would not. But I got enough retweets where he had to have seen it. <laughs> but anyway, so uh, we can talk about that later. But um, uh, so I was listening to the show. This was years ago, and he once said that he was friends with a, a bookie in Vegas, and the bookie always said when. The majority or even more than the majority of people are going one way, go the other. And when so many people feel like it's going to be Reigns, that's when the WWE always feels like they're like, nah, no, it's not going to be. Well, see, I feel that way with Nakamura, AJ. I think AJ's going to win. I hope he does. I mean, I like Nakamura, but. Same. Is that, I was wondering about that take, if that was a popular opinion. Like, I don't think I would take the title off AJ for this. No, I think AJ should have it for a long time. I think he earned yeah. it. I think he should hang on to it. I think he should bring. I think they should bring other people in to feud him. I don't think right now. I don't think Nakamura needs it. Um, that's interesting because Nakamura is over, and that closing segment to end SmackDown this week I thought was perfect. Um, I like the head game area they're going with this. I will say, I could not believe how underwhelming Nakamura Shelton Benjamin was. Uh-huh. They got like ten minutes. And Shelton, I was excited like when they first announced that it was Benjamin versus Nakamura in the main event. I was like, oh, awesome. We're going to get like a really good 20-minute closing match with like a guy who I grew up loving. Like I still have important memories of Shelton um, against Shawn Michaels and Shelton against Triple H and Kurt Angle and all that stuff. And obviously he's older now, but I was like, yeah, this could be a really fun way, like a sneaky good main event that uh, will be just fun for the night. No, (laughs) not at all. (laughs) <laughs> sometimes it just doesn't go that way no they for whatever reason did not work but um yeah the closing segment was awesome of shinsuke having the opportunity to hit the knee to the face on uh aj and chose not to and I, it was good i feel like nakamura is a guy who's more interesting always chasing a title or trying to you know trying to win a title well at least for now trying to win a title that to me do you think everyone's forgotten about the gender stuff uh, that's my only reservation if he loses to AJ after losing to gender over the summer like when it, are fans ever going to buy back into him having a realistic shot of winning the title you know if 
if they go like 60 minutes and tear the house down, sure. Mm-hmm. If if the match is a certain level, then it doesn't matter that he doesn't win. Yeah. You know, I if it's like a 15-minute thing and AJ goes over, probably not. Like, probably, you're right, it might be, it might give him a little bit of a, hmm. drop him down a little bit. But if they go to some insane, like if they, uh, they won't close, but if, if they open the show, well, they're not going to, I don't know, they're not going to open it with a 60-minute match, would they? <laughs> no. So, well, I mean, it's going to be a seven-hour show, so giving them an hour, uh, it's a bold move. Yeah, but two guys who I wouldn't mind watching for an hour. For sure. I mean, if you're going to give any... There, there's going to be one long match on the show. What's it going to be, like, of all the matches? It's not going to be Brock and Roman. It's not going to mm. be... I mean, the, the... Oh, well, I guess in time, like, including entrances and everything else, I think Cena Undertaker is going to be pretty long. Yeah, that the 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 entrance and the spectacle of it because who knows yeah. what they're going to come out. And then there's going to be like a five minute stare down and hype up and the crowd chanting and everything else. I think that's going to be a really long part of the show. Yeah. Then for uh, that reason alone, that might close the show. Then you might be right on that. I, that's my pick right now. Is I think they close because if they really think that the crowd's going to be cheering at Roman Reigns beating Brock Lesnar after his four spear, they're in for a uh, an unfortunate awakening. <laughs> I don't think that would close the show anyway. What, Roman Reigns winning? Yeah. No, Roman Reigns. Yeah, that ma- I don't think that match would close the show. So you're out on Roman Reigns closing the show. Yeah, I don't th- I don't think so now. I've convinced you. Yeah, now that I think about it, now that you are now that you're so convinced that he is going over, I don't think WrestleMania closes with Roman Reigns holding the title up in the air. Yeah. Okay, you probably It's a bad idea. You probably convinced me. Okay. But then, I mean, so if, what? So if it's Cena and Undertaker, what close? Like, how does that close? I think Cena wins. And then Cena ends? <laughs> yes. Oh, God. <laughs> well, you know what? I'd rather have that. I mean, it's been I've the biggest so story times, in the spring. Yeah. <laughs> like, you can make the case that Cena, as a free agent, as the guy who has his story has been the most important. Like, he didn't win Elimination Chamber. He's been on both pay per views. He has been the guy who has fallen short. He's trying to have his WrestleMania moment. He has eaten a lot of losses over the like last six months. Mm. I think it would actually get cheers. I think Cena is becoming a sympathetic figure, and him beating Undertaker would get like a standing ovation at the end. Oh god! <laughs> All right, well, like he did it. I really think it would actually have a positive reaction because I... I feel like the story they are telling is Cena is struggling and he's hit father time, and he just he doesn't know what to do. He's searching for answers and. I don't think he can lose this match, right? Like that's too many losses for the guy who's been your top guy for 10 years. Like Meltzer has talked about this and I agree that like the way they booked him very odd considering how important he is still to that company to just have him lose as much as he has. Uh, it's been odd, but a lot of the I, greats, a lot of the greats went out that way. I mean, Ric Flair used to lose every week on nitro Hogan. Lost. Hogan was beaten Shawn Michaels at like 64. No, that was a one-off match. I'm talking about Ric Flair on the, oh. the Nitro Ric Flair, yeah. like the WCW Ric Flair. Like, that guy lost constantly. That- Can I tell you I was upset about Hulk Hogan being Randy Orton, like, 15 years ago? Yeah. but uh, I Hulk- remember that whole summer, like, being so excited. I'm like, oh, I remember when he RKO'd Hogan on the car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I, was, I, I mean, I was 
a gigantic Randy Orton mark growing up. And I just love the legend killer stuff. Like that's probably still my favorite WrestleMania match ever is Randy Orton versus the undertaker. Uh-huh. And, uh, I still get upset about the, um, RKO reversed into a tombstone, but, um, yeah, I, I think, I think Cena closes this WrestleMania. I think that makes the most sense. Okay. So let's get into this though. Let, let, if it's not, and it's, Ronda Rousey. Oh, what, God. I want to hear your hot takes on this. Okay, so first off, pause the podcast if you have not watched her interviews on ESPN this week, where she was very standoffish and uh, can I say rude? I think she was a little rude mm-hmm. in her interviews, um, especially the Mike Golick one, where she clearly understood that he didn't mean that. Was she going to time travel? Mm -hmm. And he just meant like, in time, are you going to come back? Like, she does not like talking about her UFC time. And she doesn't present herself as a great baby face. She has no charisma. And the crowd reaction is not amazing when her music hits. Mm -hmm. And I just, it's really forced, like, her line about... I don't need your help, Paige. I have an Olympic gold medalist behind me. Like her dialogue is not great. Yeah. Her delivery is not great. She's really awkward when she's doing a little bit like Sonya Deville. And <laughs> she had like Sonya Deville is so much better than Ronda Rousey as a wrestler at this point. But I, I'm also a huge Sonya Deville guy. And she uh, had to sell that in a really weird way. I just, I'm concerned that Ronda Rousey is not a likable baby face. And I don't think that's going to change. She's, she's not likable at all. Okay. I, I can't tell you. Um, well, I can tell you that every time her segment comes up on raw, I turn it off. I just don't care. <laughs> I wonder if that's the, the, my question though, is like, we're both thinking that, but I wonder if the, the average fan is thinking that when she comes out and everything else, like what are they thinking? I feel like a lot of people are afraid to just say that she's not likable and this is not working. And this is a humongous blunder in an investment, especially if you want this person to be the next stone cold for your Stephanie McMahon. Uh, like it's not going to work. Yeah. They went about it wrong. Like, I mean, well, first of all, it's been how many years since WrestleMania 31? How, how long? Years? Is the, yeah. And she's never like, so she's picking up a beef that happened three years ago. <laughs> Like, and also, that was a huge moment, and she was, was a much bigger star three years ago. Absolutely. And she also had The Rock in the ring with her. And it turns out having The Rock around helps things, too. Yeah. Like, that's that's a nice thing to have. Yeah, absolutely. That That's the problem. Like, I, they started this too early. They started this three years ago with zero payoff three years ago. Well, no, I think that was the right time. They just didn't pay it off three years ago. They're doing it now where she's just entered this different phase, and she doesn't want to talk about her history and everything else. Like, it's right. just... It's bad timing. I think maybe the, the, I think maybe at that point there was supposed to be a payoff. And then, you know, like with her career and losing and will she come back and that kind of stuff, it kind of. But and then the whole like an angle getting involved and th- th- the way I was hoping it would go down, it, it obviously did not. Is Can we do a sidebar and angle? Sure. He's the worst person to be a hype man for another wrestler in this company right now. He yes. can't talk. Well, I, th- my problem with Angle is he's not the Kurt Angle because he's from a WWE where he was allowed to go out and just talk by himself. Whereas when now everything is so scripted yes. that it's in his head and he's not an actor and he's not going to remember things. Like he's, 
it, it, you can actually there's a lot of guys who get in the ring and you could see the the gears grinding in their head like what am i supposed to say now all right this yeah. and th- and he's one of the guys and that's what bothers me where i where i hoped it would go and it did not go there is there should have been a power struggle at the top for kurt and stephanie and triple h it should have been tr- triple h and kurt at wrestlemania ronda screws triple h to give kurt control which then gives her a contract with the company and then Stephanie kind of wields her power to make Rhonda's life miserable. Like don't put her in the ring already. Don't make her the focal point of it. Don't, she could be a side part where something she did incorporated in moves the story along, but don't, don't make people go, Oh, I'm going to tune in just for Ronda Rousey. They're not. I I don't think they are. I hope they're not. (laughs) <laughs> I feel bad because I don't want it to make like it seem like I'm just being overly harsh and critical of Rousey because Rousey is one of the biggest stars and her story is incredible and her run was incredible on UFC and just kind of draw she was but you can't like that kind of stuff just can't factor into right now like as of right now and what we've seen thus far it just I don't know how you can look at all of this and go this is a great idea. Yeah. And, th- and none of this is her fault. Like, I'm, I'm sure they... Well, some of it's her fault. Yeah, they built her up and they probably, you know, she probably went into a billion meetings like, oh, we're going to get you so over and everybody's going to love it. And and you know what even bothers me too? The 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 Hot Rod gimmick, the Rowdy Piper kind of ripoff. Yeah. That, Does anyone call her Rowdy Ronda Rousey? Like, is that they did at one, I th- at one point, I do remember someone said that maybe on... Did Triple H say? Someone did. I don't know. I do remember that. Okay. But like, don't, why? I mean, I understand the shirt thing. It's just so, uh, it's It's just just hollow. It is. Like that's the problem when that stuff hits where it's just like, and that was the difference between like stone cold is it wasn't hollow. It it felt genuine and like his disdain for Vince and Vince's disdain for him felt real and organic and natural. Right. Rousey has none of those qualities. Right. Because you know, you know why? Because let's take the stone cold thing. This is a Stone Cold was a guy who worked in the company that the head of the company did not want him to succeed. Yes. Period. The WWE, especially Triple H, wants Ronda Rousey to succeed. Of course That's they why do, because they, they hired her. Exactly. That's right. why so you're going back sense. to the point with the Roman Reigns. This is the same Roman Reigns predicament that they're in. Yeah. You cannot yes. believe that Roman Reigns does not. They, they don't want him in the main event when they keep putting him in the main event. We cannot believe that the heads of the company. Don't want a person here when they run the company. They just wouldn't be here. Taking selfies with Rhonda. Like yeah. this, they were dining together like two months ago. Yeah, they just wouldn't be here. That's the crazy thing. It just it doesn't work. The the problem and this I mean this is a podcast all in itself. But one of the problems is the WWE, and I feel like it's when they went public or something. The WWE at some point decided that. What happens in wrestling happens in wrestling, and then everywhere else out in the world, these guys are supposed to be ambassadors to the brand. They're not. Like their 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 persona should carry over to their social media accounts and what they do. Like the the one guy who does do it is Kevin Owens. He's the yeah. guy who's a jerk on the show. He's a jerk on Twitter. He's a jerk. Baron Corbin too. What's that? <laughs> Baron Corbin. Yeah, Baron Corbin. Okay, those those are the two guys. Yeah. 
But like I can't be- – like you just said, I can't believe that they hate Ronda Rousey when two months ago there was selfies with them. You know, it, like I, it's – because we see all that. Every fan sees that. that we're we're going to suspend disbelief, but we can't suspend disbelief when we were just on our Instagram account and saw two people smiling together. Or yeah. just watch a WWE show where these guys are on the road together. Like, and also, like, Stephanie is – who is taking credit for the women's revolution and everything else, like, the idea that she would hate bringing in this female superstar. Right. right. It's just <laughs> – Right. And, I mean, I feel like people are going to, like, once they listen to this, they're going to cite, like, oh, but do you remember the segment where Triple H slipped up? Mm. And it's, like, <laughs> I, I don't think that is going to be the memorable part. Like, I, I – that was a segment that was – I mean, the crowd was hot for it, but also – it's just, it doesn't feel real to me. It didn't feel real at the time. Yeah. The Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens stuff has always felt real. Like, they're just really good. The Daniel Bryan opening segment, or I think it was the second thing, because I think SmackDown opened with some weird match to start off this past week. I don't remember. Oh, no, it was the Fatal 4-Way stuff. They, mm-hmm. uh, It was Rusev, Orton, Rude, and um, Jinder and all this stuff. But uh, after that, they had Daniel Bryan come out and cut another promo. And it was another genuine, just heartfelt, like him, like Daniel Bryan is so good on the mic now. It's amazing how much better he's gotten from just like five years ago, Mm -hmm. but it felt genuine and real. And like it, it just, when those things work, you have to be, you have to judge them the same way. And like, that's, everybody's in the same playing field here where it's like, I look at that and I'm like, they nailed it. Daniel Bryan stuff. Perfect. People are going to be interested. People are going to love to see him back in the ring and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. That's a hit. Yeah. None of Ronda Rousey's feud with triple H and Stephanie has had zero hits. There's not one memorable moment. Well, there was Ryan already did it. (laughs) There was three years ago. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's true. It happened three years ago. (laughs) That's when it was three years ago. Like if they somehow redid that, moment today like then it would have been okay like if they continued that today the rock would have had to come back like i think well, that's what they're missing like the rock coming back and helping get ronda rousey over but then again even, they tried that with roman reigns and that didn't go well not even that go somewhere put her in the crowd because she's a huge wwe fan put that's her true. in the crowd have stephanie call her out embarrass her and then a week later she shows up like she just Show Oscar run won the Royal Rumble and then uh yeah Ronda Rousey closed the show and just pointed. Her moment yeah like mm-hmm. she just showed up and then pointed to the WrestleMania. Stage. <laughs> yeah, I have never wrestled a match in my life, but I'm gonna point to the sign and come out when I have absolutely no like that I have no terrible. connection to the women. That was objectively terrible. Ring. What's up? Yeah, that was objectively terrible way to end that. Like, and I felt genuinely bad for Oscar. Because she was the one who, and people were like, well, Rousey's obviously the bigger star and you have to introduce it. But I'm like, that wasn't the way to do it. If you're going to like bring Ronda Rousey out, she should have been in the match. Like, yes. unless, but they were like, well, you can't ever lose. And it's like, see, you're, there's all these caveats here where it's like, it, you have to hit everything the right way for it to hit right. And it just hasn't. You, you know what? You could have her lose. Have Stephanie come out and screw her in some way. Yeah. And then there you go. And then there, that, there you go. There you go. And there you, you just, of course, you know, we're not in the back. We don't know all the stories, but yeah, whatever. Well, let's end on a positive note. Uh, okay. Um, what do we, I, I mean, I, I feel like me opening up gushing about two of five live <laughs> because I do worry sometimes because I watch a lot of wrestling and I love professional wrestling. I, I sometimes feel like I'm overly critical, but at the same time, I just want things to be good. But I also think you shouldn't lie and be like, well, there are the 
there's the response of like, well, you should just be grateful because you have all this content, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, that doesn't mean I don't like look at this stuff and go, okay, this is good. This is bad. And I'm going to tell you what I think is good and bad. But ultimately, I hope things are better than they are bad. But there have just been some really bad things. What hasn't been bad, that segment with uh, The Miz on Miz TV. Fantastic. They've done a great job with that feud and they've done a great job teasing Balor or Rollins turning. They've done like that is a feud that I'm very much interested in. And I think Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel were incredible this past week. Their facial reactions, like just their delivery, everything on point. Um, I love that. I think the U.S. title feud has on SmackDown is going to be a lot more interesting. I think Rusev should win. Mm-hmm. Um Kane and Cena closing Raw brought back a lot of bad memories of like Kane crawling through the the mat. And remember when he like did he kill Zack Ryder? Was that he that pushed him it? off of a, <laughs> <laughs> he he pushed him off of a ramp onto a concrete floor while the guy was all uh, bandaged up and the neck brace and it was it was basically the le- oh man oh that is notorious made out with Cena and like. They panned a rider in his wheelchair. I was recently just watching. um, I want to say it was like wrestling with regret. The video. It was like, like I I don't remember the exact title of it, but it was like the rise and fall of Zack Ryder. And like, it was so depressing because the guy did nothing but get himself over with just a YouTube show. And he became huge. And then just the way it all came correct, literally crashing down. Why is it the New Day utilizing that, by the way? They had this great, like, Biggie music video reenactment with uh, Carmella a few weeks ago that was, like, 30 seconds long. They could do the same thing that the Be The Elite guys are doing. Like, that stuff I watch every week, and it's so good, and they're still in character, though. Like, it works, but it's just... It it feels genuine, and it's fun. Like, I think New Day could do the same thing. I feel like WWE doesn't like a lot of things where they don't have their hands in it. That's true. You know, like, don't, don't let these guys go off script and do their own thing. Like, but that'd be a hit. Like, of, course I just don't would. of course it would, like just like Zack Ryder was. But, you know, like they need to have their hands and everything and they can only do so many things. Okay. That's what. So Kane and Cena sucked to close this Raw, but we knew it was going to suck and that's over. So whatever. They had to do that just to get to Cena Taker next week, but whatever. Um, can I pose this idea to you really quick? Sure, go ahead. After WrestleMania, mm-hmm. we never, like Mandy Rose, um, Sonya Deville, Ruby Riot. Paige, uh, Liv Morgan, and Sarah Logan have no mention of Absolution or Riot Squad. They all have their own entrance music. They all are split up. They like you mix and match them on different brands, and they pretend like neither of those factions ever happened. I'd be down with it as long as it led to its own show. Okay. So I'd be cool with that, but it's got to lead somewhere. Because those two things have not worked. And part of it had to do with Paige getting injured that yeah. was, that caused a lot of problems there. But like Riot Squad, obviously. But shout out to my girl, Becky Lynch. That's what I'm going to close on. Okay. Still over. <laughs> Becky Lynch, who has just been treated like crap over the last like year and a half. First ever SmackDown Live Women's Champion. Still a natural baby face that is fantastic. Still getting cheers. She made a uh, Ruby Riot tap out this week. That is my favorite moment of the week. Becky Lynch, still awesome, still I, over. I still say that women need their own show. I've said it for a while. They need their own show. I don't want more content. I know, but I like. I hate that two hundred five live is good because now I have to watch <laughs> another hour of wrestling every week. That's honestly well, like, isn't that a weird thought? Exactly. Like... Don't have to because you even said at the, the top of the podcast that they 
package up Raw and SmackDown so that you can only you could go watch it online. You could watch the four important most most important minutes of a match, and that's it. So you can really drill I those can't shows. Do that with two hundred five live though, like that way to four way like, was so enjoyable. It was so much fun. Yeah, so it's only an hour. That if you if you take that NXT and then you take raw and kind of like either fast forward or drill that down to an hour and then SmackDown and you can live with the two hours. So two, three, four, five. That's five hours in a week. That's not a lot. That's not taking into account uh, like pay per views like uh, New Japan this Sunday. This oh, past yeah, Sunday, well, you have Ring of Honor. I'm not talking about WWE. I mean, but I'm saying like that's still wrestling. I have to watch too. True. Okay. <laughs> So you, I'm sitting here in a Young Bucks t-shirt. Like, I have a Young Bucks t-shirt on right now. Okay. If you missed Raw, did you really think you'd miss much? No. So there you go. So then miss, That's true. miss a couple shows. You'll <laughs> 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 probably be, just be right on target and you won't miss anything. <laughs> I think that's definitely true for SmackDown because they just have insert this guy this week. Like, Ziggler was out there randomly. Like, they'll have um, Mojo Raleigh and Zack Ryder just haven't been around. Like, mm-hmm. Baron Corbin wasn't on this week. Like, they just take turns of just guys are here, guys aren't. Like, it's it's pretty random for a lot of these matches on SmackDown. But um, anyway, that's how I'm going to end it. Becky Lynch is awesome, and uh, things are good. And The Miz is awesome. Give him a WWE title run this I, year. I agree with that. Okay. Chris, I appreciate you taking the time. As always, it's good to catch up, man. We need to do this more often. Yeah, Chase, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Maybe uh, right, after can... after the WrestleMania season, maybe as we get into the long, boring summer, I'll come back on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Sounds good. Uh, we can find you on Twitter at Chris Illuminati. You are an author of several books. Uh, you Five. Are considered... <laughs> Five. I... Oh, man. What are they? Plug uh, away. The first two are called Assholology. One is a new dad dictionary. Um, you can find them all. Just go to Amazon and Google my name and you can find them all. Or, okay. I, wait, wait, listen to what I just said. Go to Amazon and Google my name. <laughs> go to Amazon and search my name. We'll there you go. <laughs> um, and we can read it at Bro Bible, Daily Dot, and Rolling Stone and all that good stuff. So, Chris, I really appreciate it. This is always fun and we'll have to talk again soon. Thanks, man. Thanks, Chris. And that'll do it for today's episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast. I uh, just want to remind you guys, if you like today's episode and you are subscribed on Apple Podcasts, or iTunes, I would really appreciate if you could take a second, leave the show a five-star rating and a review. If uh, you're not an Apple podcast listener, remember you can find the show on Spotify, TuneIn Radio, SoundCloud, Stitcher, uh, Google Play, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Uh, be sure to check out chasethomaspodcast.com where you can access all of my previous episodes and also find all my writing. I'm writing there fairly often. And also follow me on Twitter at Chase underscore Thomas and like the Facebook page at facebook.com slash Chase Thomas Writer. Thank you for your support and we'll be back with another episode very soon. Thanks guys. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.